You pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there something here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. Hey, have you ever entertained angels? What? No, not, not to my knowledge. Not to your knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would be surprised to find out that in today's passage in Hebrews, it could very well be that you've entertained angels without knowing it. You think? Well, let's find out about that. Okay. Today, today on, on More Than, Than Ink. Well, good morning. This is Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And we're delighted that you're back with us on this wonderful fall day. We were just reminiscing about um, seeing what is a tradition in Brigham City here. Oh, yeah. The, the sheep. The running of the sheep. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a herd of sheep that are that they actually walk them right through town. Right through the middle of town. Every fall. And it's a, kind of a crazy view when you see all these sheep just completely filling these residential streets, like edge to edge, curb to curb, right down in front of all these houses. It's... Uh, it's crazy stuff. It's lovely, though. I look forward to it every year, and yeah. it kind of just sets me thinking about sheep in a fresh way. Uh, since we don't live on a farm and we don't have any access no, to, no. to these kinds of things on a regular basis, so uh, it just—I love to hear that little scuffle of their feet on the pavement and watch how the shepherds move them and and guide mm-hmm. them through this. Lead them. Yeah, guide them through this uh, neighborhood that's totally out of their normal experience. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's always good in the fall to watch the sheep come through town yeah so we know we're in the fall right now so we're hoping you're enjoying the change of seasons as well and as the calendar comes down to a close in 2021 here uh hebrews hebrews here is coming down to a close we're in the last chapter hebrews and then we're going into exodus and then we're going into exodus i'm very excited about that yeah if you've never read exodus it's a it's really fun. <laughs> and it actually will make a really excellent uh, next place to go after studying Hebrews. Yeah, yeah. We might even be able to dip back and forth a little bit because yeah. Hebrews is so full of the, the Old Testament pictures that Exodus recounts. Yeah, I mean, he's appealing to, to Hebrew Christians, to Jewish Christians who know their Old Testament history. And so uh, we're just going to go back to the Old Testament history. Yeah. There, I mean, it's just, it's really, really good stuff. So um so we're into Hebrews 13. You remember when we got to uh, the previous chapter, the beginning of chapter 12, uh, he says, you know, you need to fix your eyes on Jesus. There's this promise that comes all the way from Abraham, from God to us, for those who live by faith, that there's life, there's rest, mm-hmm. you know, there's a great thing. So he says, so from here until then, fix your eyes on Jesus and don't let all the stuff of this world entangle your feet. Right? That's what he said in the beginning of chapter 12. So. Well, and then toward the end of 12, he had said, you know, remember that you haven't come to a flaming mountain and a, right. and a right. voice that scares you. You've come to the city of the living God. You've come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, which, yeah. of course, is what he's been yeah. talking about all the way through the letter. So yeah. uh, this, you to know. To the assembly of the firstborn yeah, who to, are enrolled in heaven. And yeah. to this unshakable kingdom. So uh, th- that's. 
that's kind of the summation of the whole book. And now he's going to get very practical and just make some really pointed applications. Yeah, he said, so. Since that is the reality and our God is a consuming fire, right, then, right. then there is, we should be living a certain way. So these are practical, these are practical uh, helps for us about how to walk in life. <laughs> and, uh, and they're, and they're, they're just, they're just really good. So, uh, so how do we walk as citizens of this new kingdom? Mm-hmm. You know, this this city designed and built by God that we're headed towards. How do we? How are we supposed to walk and carry ourselves in such a way that we reflect the fact that we are actually citizens of another place? Another place. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've just come through this season when even those in the church, those blood bought ones indwelt by the Spirit of God, yeah. have many behaved themselves like their citizenship in this place is the the eternal finish important like thing of everything yeah, yeah right when yeah. in reality uh, we're passing through this yep. place yeah we're passing through so how are we <laughs> to conduct ourselves as citizens of another place or we're just jumping into hebrews 13 okay so take it for us here. okay so right at verse one he says let brotherly love continue do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Excellent. That's the whole passage we're going to That's the whole thing for today. About. Yeah, there's enough to talk about right there. And then we'll wind back and take, take a look. Is it, how do citizens of this other kingdom who follow Jesus, how do they conduct themselves? Yeah, and, well, it's no mistake that he starts right out of the box with love. Let brotherly love sure, continue. Yeah. And this is yeah. not the agape word that we so often expect. This mm-hmm, is Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. This is brotherly love. This is because you are. Right related and connected to one another you're in the same family abide in that that yeah. word continue is is mino it's the same word that was used in john 15 when jesus says now abide abide mm-hmm. abide mm-hmm. stay put drive in your tent pegs and let this be your dwelling place yeah continue on doing what you're doing don't don't drift away from that yeah and yeah. it makes me think that you know jesus said in the in the latter days men's love will grow cold because life becomes hard and um paul's letter to Timothy said essentially the same thing you know men will become lovers of self instead of lovers of yeah. one another well and jesus says if you love one another they'll know you're my disciples right so i mean right. that's that's just the that's the key that's the key distinctive yeah. of citizens of the kingdom of jesus is the fact that they love yeah. and you know we could say that all these other encouragements kind of flow out of that one let brotherly love continue yeah 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 because he goes on I think this is astonishing. I would change the order of these next five things. <laughs> and it just seems like the, there's more important stuff than this. But this is really not, it, we underplay this next one. Verse two, don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. So we talk about hospitality. Yeah, Christians ought to be hospitable. You know, you ought to be nice. 
invite people over for dinner and stuff like that. But this is this is a deeper issue than just being nice to each other and eating dinners together. Well, and I think perhaps that the writer of Hebrews has in mind Abraham, who, uh, because he's talked about Abraham so much in yeah. this letter, uh, who saw these visitors coming not knowing they were angelic visitors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and greeted them at the door here sit under the tree sit linger a while you've been walking across the the dry yeah at the dry desert uh and go and, and and he fed them well he fed them well and encouraged them to linger don't be in a hurry to go um you know we hmm we have a hard time sometimes opening our homes to that degree and especially, especially in this crazy pandemic yep. season that we're just coming out of. And to strangers? To people we don't know. Don't know. We don't know whether they're clean right. according to our <laughs> our current health standards. Are they one of us or not one of us? You know, yeah, strangers. Strangers are clearly, this is a big deal in the Old Testament especially. Strangers are people who have no one. You know, they're, want, mm-hmm. they're going through your area. They have no family to support them in the area. They're passing through and they're alone. You know? And yet hospitality was one of the characteristics that God had said to his people at the very beginning. Now yes. you yeah. n- need to show hospitality to the strangers, to those who have nobody who don't belong. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gigantic <laughs> deal. And it is very much the heart of God. So mm-hmm. those who follow Jesus ought to be displaying the same heart. Having a, having a, a genuine and not just a, you know, a put on, but a genuine affection and love and concern for those who have nobody. For those because who are alone. God does. Yeah, because God, right? God's because just like that. Yeah. We only love because he loved us first, yeah. right? God came to us and right, offered right. us a welcome. And that's that's the idea here, too, of hospitality is a, a welcome, a, an openness of heart and home. Well, and I would actually put it, it's, a, it's an elevation of the, I don't know what you call it, the uh, the humanity of the stranger. I oh, don't, I don't sure. Know a better way to do it. I mean, about it's really recognition a res- a that we're we're like you. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's a uh, it's I can't. Or we were word. like you. Well, you know that um, that verse in was it in Exodus where the Lord says, "Now you show hospitality to strangers because you were strangers you were, in yeah. Israel." Oh, it's in Deuteronomy. Well, yeah, I'll read one of them. Okay, I, I brought one of them up here. Um, <laughs> Deuteronomy 10, or I've got this one from Leviticus 19.34. Oh, right. You know, you shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and and you shall love him as yourself. Right. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So you were once strangers as well. So love others like I loved you when you were strangers. Well, and that is so important that you remember when that young man came to Jesus and said, what is the most important law? Yeah, and Jesus yeah. quoted this very one from yeah. Leviticus. Second, he's first, love the Lord your God, right? The Shema right. from Deuteronomy 6. And then he said, and the second is just like it, love your neighbor as yeah. yourself. Yeah. Well, in that instance, he goes on to tell the story of the Good Samaritan and mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. Uh, the the neighbor in view being the other, the, other. the unclean, the He's needy, one the yeah. one who cannot help himself, who requires something of you in order to reclaim his humanity, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Great respect, great dignity. Yeah, and uh, Jesus, when he's uh, talking about the final judgment, remember in Matthew 25, he says, I was a stranger and right. you welcomed me. Right. So this is this is at the core of the heart of God. He loves those who cannot qualify for his love, but but they're alone and they're uh they're poor of spirit is what he said in mm-hmm. the Beatitudes. I mean you you just without any other hope and God says, Well, you've got me. 
Mm-hmm. And so for the stranger who has no one, we should be displaying God's love to them and not just being kind to them or talent to them. He says in Leviticus, we need to love them like you love yourself. I mean, that's, a, right. that's an astonishing amount of, and you know, at today, uh, we won't dwell on this too much, but we're such a divided culture, especially in the United States worldwide too. And we divide over such what seem like surface things. We, we are a divided church and we're a divided in many church, ways yeah. right now. How many of you who are listening are acquainted with, and maybe in your own church, there have been deep, deep divisions yeah. over uh, secondary issues. Secondary issues. And, and what that does is it causes you to ask yourself with every encounter, are they right. are they one of me or are they one of them? And it's a, is it a me or them thing? Are they you know are they stranger to me or are they like me? And so and that's just really wrong. Well, what he's saying right here, you, you shouldn't make that determination with people. Are you like me or are you not like me? If you're not like me because of what I've seen you post right. on Facebook, right? Then I can't talk to you anymore. Or because of the way I suspect you voted. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know, so we actually separate ourselves into strangers. You are a stranger to right. me. You are not one of me. So you don't deserve not only my attention, but not you don't deserve my hospitality. I mean, you don't right. deserve my respect. And that's that's all very wrong. He's saying here, here's people who are at the bottom of the barrel. In terms of right. no, no relationship, you need to love them like yourself. Yeah, it's astonishing. So this is really, I debated, you know, when the writer of Hebrews put this first, but I think this really ought to be first. Well, let's go on to the next one in verse three. So remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. Yeah. Hmm. So, so this is another category of people who are kind of forgotten in the culture and even forgotten in the body. But there's this emphasis on their humanity. Again. Right? You again. also are in a body that could be subject to imprisonment or mistreatment. But I wonder here if there isn't also a, a reference to in the body, in the body. of Christ. Yeah. Right? Where Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, if one suffers, all suffers because mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. members of one another. Yeah. So, um, you know, we we have it very easy in this country in so many ways and it's easy out of sight out of mind to forget our brothers and sisters who are genuinely being mistreated and even killed worldwide yeah. for I, their faith in Jesus and I think that out of sight out of mind that's kind of the key issue here those who are in prison are ones kind of like mm, strangers right you they, can't see them they but but you can't see them so this really begs the point about not just the stranger you can see who's traveling through your area but the one who's locked up and you don't see mm-hmm. and so to what degree do you actually pursue people that are not in your face you don't see them do right. you actually go looking for them do you realize there are people that are they're poor and they're lonely and they're separated and they're locked away do you have any heart for those kinds of people and you know again this this reflects a gigantic character of god's heart in that he came he came to you know break us out of prison the prison mm, mm-hmm. of sin i mean in so many respects even in exodus he came he took the initiative right. to boot them Bring out of his the, people the, out. the enslavement of egypt so this is very core to god's heart he's there to free you from the things that keep you isolated and which which remove you from the eyesight of other people do you mm. do you care about those people do you take the initiative for people like that and those who are mistreated because they're in the body i think that's that's a that really is a sharp kind of rebuke to a lot of us where we get content with, well, I've got my stuff, I'm living in my home, I've got all my stuff in my life figured out, you know, I don't need to go outside of my own self-created bubble. And <laughs> Especially now, has that become a reality, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. 
And what he's saying right here is, no, you do have to get out of your bubble. Right. You have to go find these people who are in places you can't see them. And and they, and you don't have the sense of reminder that they exist because you just don't see yeah. them. Well, he says, remember them, right? Yeah. Consider them. Bring them to mind and commemorate right. what they are experiencing. Yeah. And yeah. see how that then would require you to act in and, their memory. And I might remind you there are more prisons than just a civil mm, prison. Mm-hmm. There are people who are imprisoned by emotional issues, um, depression issues, close themselves into their own homes just like it was a prison. So mm-hmm. the people you don't see, that's what he's saying, the people that you don't see, keep a heart for them and remember them. Well, let's, let's go to the next one, verse 4. So let marriage be held in honor among you, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterous. Now, see, I would have put this first. <laughs> right after it love seems, the brothers? <laughs> yeah, it seems like this is a bigger problem. It's a bigger issue. In a way. Well, but not everybody is married. Right. But right, this right, is right. instruction to everyone to honor and recognize the value and the really the sanctity yeah. of marriage. Yeah. And the, if I don't know if you've made this connection before, but when God created the relationships of mankind and, and created this relationship of marriage, it was deliberately for the purpose of illustrating for us in a way we could understand what our relationship with God is like. Right, that mutual exclusivity. Yes, that, uh, I'm yours, you're uh, mine. And well, I was thinking of the, the marriage vows that are so traditional, right? Forsaking all others and cleave only yeah. unto this one, this covenant relationship that is sacred. Dare I say covenant? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who are listening, if you've never really camped on this and thought about this, you might go and read Ephesians 5, where mm-hmm, Paul talks mm-hmm. about this relationship of marriage being a mystery yes. that speaks very clearly, but in a very mysterious way, of that deep, deep unity within God yeah. himself. And so it's not an accident that when we talk about spiritual warfare and what Satan wants to do to pervert our understanding Mm -hmm. of our relationship with God as it's intended, he will actually pervert this particular relationship model that tells us all about that. So as a result, a fallen fallen, uh, community of people will fall in terms of their sexuality almost first, almost first. It's, it's It's an indication of the destruction of what God's trying to communicate to you in this mutual kind of covenanted relationship so yeah and uh you know you mentioned ephesians 5 another great place if you want to look more about that is galatians 5 he, he talks very strongly mm-hmm. as well about what, what he calls the works of the flesh and uh and and what's you know what's immoral what's impure so i mean it's yeah it's a and big god deal. will judge those things yeah. will he will judge sexual immorality and adultery uh, regardless of what guys they carry now right yeah, and in right. all this redefining and re-expressing of marriage that's been going on for the last number of years uh, god will sort that out so we as his people uh, need to be honoring and recognizing the value of this unique relationship that God designed and God put in place. Yeah, whether you're a participant in it or not. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's what the big deal is. In fact, one of our children once told us, he said, it said uh, you know, well, you make marriage look pretty good. <laughs> that was the sweetest moment. I know. And, so, and, that's, and that was a very honest thing. And that's true because in our culture right now, marriage just doesn't get very good rep. And in fact, people are hesitant to get married. Mm-hmm. Because they see the train wrecks in their own parents' lives with divorce and stuff like that. And or many, their own many lives. other things. Or their yeah. own lives, yeah. So it's really, 
Yeah, no, it, it the marriage is designed by God is just an incredibly great relationship. He even he even created the relationship by how he designed us individually as males and females. So anyway, let's move on. Uh, verse five. Oh, keep your life free from the love of money. The love Be of content money. with what you have. Well, we could stop right there. <laughs> but he just says that's the beginning place for yeah. for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? The, the bottom line there is that Jesus is enough. If you have him, then you don't need everything that perhaps you think you need but but his urging here to us is keep your life free from the love of money what does the love of money look like yeah and when you love something like money what you're doing is you're investing all of your hopes and dreams in it providing for you what you want Mm -hmm. and when you do that with money Unfortunately, you know, you can look at uh, celebrities and stuff like that who actually have an unlimited amount of money and it doesn't seem to increase their happiness. Well, when you love something, you fix all your attention on it. You pay attention to it. You treasure it. You guard it. It's front and center Mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, You know, so it's not only people who have an excess of money who love money no in it's fact, people who have very yeah. little money who are very often focused on it completely like if i only have x more dollars i right. will be content yeah so the the love of money is uh money's not bad intrinsically it's the well, love no, of money the love yeah, of money the love of money but the the issue is is that he's saying that when you love money as the source of life Right. Then you have usurped God's position in your life in terms of bringing life yeah. to you. And the word we use for that is idolatry. idolatry. <laughs> we have placed something or someone else in the position that only rightfully belongs and, and, to God. And it deliberately, it deliberately rebukes this phrase, he says in the end of verse 5, where God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But then right. you go running after money instead. Right. So it, it really is a rebuke against God's promise to provide for you. Well, and earlier in Hebrews, uh, he had the writer had cited Moses and said he counted the riches of Christ mm-hmm. greater wealth than everything Egypt had to offer. Yeah. Right. And even Paul says in uh, the beginning of Philippians, "Hey, I don't know whether to choose to stay here or to go home. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. one is one is good and the other is better. It's better. Yeah. So yeah. you know, do we really regard what we have in Christ as greater? riches than any material thing we could have here yeah and are you willing to really put it into real shoe leather right. action right relying on the lord he, he quotes psalm 118 or, or psalm 27 can be one either one but the lord is my helper i won't will not fear what can man do to me so he's saying you can you can put your love and trust in one of two right. things you can put it in god who promises to you, you know, he's going to come through, or you can put it in money and that will, that will always betray you. And and man can take your money, right? How many of us have lost uh, resources or finances to a, you know, a bogus deal or to theft or, you know. Yeah. Jesus says moth and rust. That's right. It'll decay the things you own. So, you know, don't, don't fall for that. Right. Yeah. Don't fall for that. The Lord's your helper. So put your trust in him. So it's interesting, even this point about the love of money, it really is something that strikes at the heart of a, of wrecking your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And Who so, do you love? Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. Your Don't heart, love your money. Soul, mind, and strength. Yeah. yeah. Big deal. Big deal. And it's a particular problem we have in, in the Western culture and in the United States. We got a lot of stuff. We got a lot mm. of stuff. Yeah, and so. and that yields an ungratefulness in us because right. we expect we we just assume we're entitled to a lot of stuff. Yeah. And this is normal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, let's move on to this last one in verse 7. Yeah. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Mm, Yeah. Consider your leaders, right? And he defines leaders as those who spoke to you the word of God, right? Those who initially brought you the gospel Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. unfolded it to your understanding. Yeah. I think that's an interesting connection. We go past it really fast that the leaders are the ones who bring the word of God to you. Right. And uh, and again, you know, I don't want to be too abusive here, but <clears throat> there's a lot of leaders in the Christian community that hardly ever touch on the word of God. So there, there is a there is a leadership. If your leader almost never talks about the word of God, then are they leading you based on their own personal uh, abilities? Or maybe you need to find another leading leader. Leading to truth. Yeah. So it's it's really a very big deal. He equates us here just in passing. Man, that's just an enormous thing. It's an enormous thing. But he says, consider the outcome of their way of life, right? The fruit will tell you what right. their, what their the life is life. Consider the outcome, the result, the effect. How do they live and imitate their faith right well i mean we just talked about one of our children who said you make marriage look hmm. good there's the outcome right there you know they saw the outcome and they not because we were I trying to make marriage look good we just have found that that's the right. independence upon christ yeah. marriage is good marriage is good. very good but imitate their faith again we're not just talking generic religious term when we say faith faith again remember this is putting your trust in god's promises that he's going to bring life to you right it's a forward looking it's an outside of yourself looking kind of thing so those that that walk and lead among you with the word of god those who constantly set their sights on jesus and toward those promises of god you need to imitate that attitude that that outlook on life and look at the outcome of their life as a result of it. Well, and that, as he had discussed in some length in chapter eleven, look, uh, our yeah, eleven. What is their? What is faith? What right. Is that, faith? Yeah. That deeply rooted confidence in God delivering on His promises because it's real. And what looking God to has Him, said. looking to Him for right. life. Right. Yeah. Right. So you know that begs the question: Who do you? imitate right because we will become like that which we focus our attention on yeah yeah and there's a there's a marvelous thing called sanctification it's a ten dollar word but it's really just talks about the fact that god once you put your trust in him he goes through the slow process of weeding out your connection to this world and the sins that are with that so uh so it's nice to just see how those lives change right in front of us mm-hmm. because God proves it. Well, we're out of time. Oh, my goodness. And we hope you join us again next week. We're going to look at the other half of Hebrews 13. And it's, got a, it's a remarkable passage all by itself. And for me, it's interesting because he makes connections back to the old covenant. Well, the old he's temple. wrapping up this he's whole idea. Up. Yeah. So we're glad you're with us. Hebrews is a blast. And uh, we'll take two more shows and finish it. And then we'll be into Exodus. So I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And uh, we're delighted that you want to look at the Word of God with us. You can do this. (laughs) And that's why we're doing it. So join us next week. On More Than Ink. Than Inc. is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City and is solely responsible for its content. To contact us with your questions or comments, just go to our website, morethaninc.org. Let's just see what happens. We're good off the cuff. So in three, two, one.